This is exactly right. Scotty. Uh-oh, the bad boys of comedy are back. <laughs> the most dangerous men in podcasting. Are you ready for some edgy news? I'm ready to <laughs> laugh and laugh and laugh. Bouncy Castle King jailed for burning down rivals. <laughs> I was going to do this one, too. I'm so excited. Let's blow some hot air on this Bumpin' episode of Bananas. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to another fantastic episode of Bananas. I'm Kurt Brownoller. I am Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was, especially to our trans listeners. We're just giving you a little extra consensual hug this week and inviting you to all our future live shows. We'd love to see you. Please come out, and guess what? Speaking of live shows, we've got some more in the can. They're about to be about to be announced. I'm very excited. Maybe we're coming to the South for the Maybe first the time. South. Maybe, Maybe the South. Maybe. Maybe we're coming south of the Mason-Dixon, probably Baltimore at some point, but I think a little deeper south this time around. <laughs> and they're not confirmed yet, so we're not going to tell you about but them. Petey but Petey Pablo loves this state. We'll just give you a hint. Rapper, hip-hop artist Petey Pablo really loves this state. Scotty and I hung out over the weekend. We had a nice time, didn't we? Sure did. It was so fun. It was a birthday party for our our best buddy, Rob. And uh, God, saw Johnny Pemberton. Saw so many fun faces. Drank hard. Ate gumbo. The gumbo was delicious. Mm, mm, And I'm very mm. excited because I don't know when this will come out, but in just four days. Yes, sir. Scotty... And I, and a whole big old crew will be going to see the premiere of The Machine, Mm -hmm. Scotty's movie. You got to go see it, guys. I looked this up because a lot of people have been asking me about it, which is very nice. Um, And so I was like, what is the timeline? And I pitched it in October 2019, which is earlier than I remembered because it's the before times. It's before the Great Choir. And then I wrote it and got my, I have like two emails from Legendary. They're like, this is it. We love you. We just tried to call you from uh, Henry's Tacos, June 2020. So I wrote my, I pitched it in the fall of uh, 2019 and wrote it. During the pandemic. Yeah. In May. I thought it was a little earlier in the Great Choir, but it was in May. And then got my notes and wrote second draft in June and then have had, Nothing to do with it since because I wasn't on set for shoots because of COVID protocol. I've never met the director. Um, and there's a second writer that came on named Kevin Beagle, who is a really nice guy, did a really great job, did another one or two passes on it, I'm sure. And uh, so, yeah, when I see The Machine with you Thursday, that'll be the first time I've seen it. Yeah, so you don't even know how much got changed with the, with the second writer. You have no idea. 
Well, I read the script because oh, they, you did. When the Writers Guild is involved on, you know, whose name goes on screen right. at the end of the movie, I they sent me the final shooting script, and so it's like, I don't know. I think the other guy did a great job. I would say the first hour is mine. Okay. And the back half is his with, I mean, he added jokes and stuff throughout as writers do, but I felt like, I felt it was the same exact movie that I pitched in December, or in October 2019, so I oh, was pumped on great. That's so exciting. And I'm if so... it tanks, yeah. 99% the other writer, only 1% <laughs> me. No, that's not true. He was he did a great job. He's a good writer, Kevin. He's awesome. So no shots and fired, happy to have another so, movie. It is so crazy that you haven't met anyone involved with it because of COVID and stuff like yes. that. And then also now because of the WGA writer's strike. Yeah, um, which go is to the pre- premiere. We're, you're not allowed to go to the premiere. Um, and so we're having our own premiere. We're just getting our own tickets and doing it up the right way. Well, that's way more fun for me. I yes, don't... Right? I, I Yeah, or I don't care. Like, I am very proud to be a professional writer, but when Ma came out the most... The happiest moment for me wasn't selling the movie or getting it made or getting it in theaters or even going to the premiere. The most happy moment for me was the photo that a group of my friends sent me from the Arclight saying like they, that they were celebrating and then they just had a great time. So this time I get to be with you and like 10 other great friends. My parents, Strawberry's going to be there. It's going to be great. And... Uh, and then like, I don't know, 15 regular people. Cause it's sold out in that little theater. It's like a 30 person theater. So I'll get to see some people that don't know me and get a real response for the machine. Um, That's and then it'll funny. be on Netflix in like a year, I'm sure or whatever. But yeah, I'm pumped to have another movie in theaters. Very hard to do these days. If you're not Marvel or Star Wars or, I know. or Kevin an, Hart or the rock <laughs> to have an original story movie. It's like, they don't exist anymore. Yeah. A director that I'm friends with sold a movie in the room with The Rock. So Dwayne The Rock Johnson was with him, is attached to star in it. Yeah, best man and, in the world, you mean? Yeah, <laughs> the heaviest man in the world, Dwayne The Heavy Rock Johnson. And sold it in the room. They're walking out to the parking lot. And my buddies, the director's like, Dwayne, I know you're busy, man. When can we do this? When can we make this movie? He's like, ha ha, 2026. <laughs> so this was two years ago too by the way so it was like five or six years before the rock could star in my friend's movie and i'm like must oh. be cool whoa Isn't that's that wild so, that's so wild because then that's when you shoot it is 2026 so it doesn't come out for then another years. two or three years mm. so it's like literally in 2020 you sell a movie and it comes out in 2030 <laughs> Pretty nuts. I was picketing today to make a little transition uh, with the Writers Guild. Yeah. Stay strong. Love picketing. Turns out I love it. Have a good tan going already. Nice. So I kept running into people I know, some former workaholics writers, a bunch of actors, just people I know that weren't like just that I didn't know were going to be there. So I started thinking, how many people does the average American know? How many people do you think the average American just knows? considers a friend or an acquaintance the average american the average american uh, like uh, including acquaintances mm-hmm. okay do you have a number for this yeah I oh you're looking it. at a number I, I okay a okay deep Here dig and found some studies the average person has an acquaintance area of around 100 people it's a great guess so according to a new york times study and a pew research center study the uh, typical american knows approximately 600 people 
Okay, that's more than I anticipated. Yeah, but I guess if you think about like the people you went to school with, the people you uh-huh. worked with, the people you your extended family, it does start to add up. Yeah, yeah. This was in the Atlantic, and then I went even deeper because I was like, oh, and it estimates that the average American has ten to twenty five people who they say they know well enough to trust, and less uh, the average American has 20 or less people that they have a private or personal relationship I don't think that means like sex I think it just means somebody that yeah. you have a very close relationship with yeah yeah which is a lot yeah so then I went down this other rabbit hole because you and I are different in this vein I'm very good recognizer yes I recognize people quickly yes even you when do. they don't recognize me yeah um, so how many faces do you think the average person can recognize? I think it's more like 100. That's what I think. That's what I thought the question meant originally. Right. I think 100 is who you kind of like keep in your brain. Yes. Yeah, so this is, a, but also I'll reframe this a little bit more for you. How, think of how many musicians, comedians, movie stars, TV oh, stars you know. That you recognize. Yeah. Okay. So like so, a thousand, you can keep exactly. a thousand. So, according to science.org, written by Frankie Shembri, who neither of us know and don't care to or recognize, <laughs> poor Frankie, um, the average American, or excuse me, the average person can recognize 5,000 faces. Wow. 5,000. Okay. The, the, the average. The, the level of that I was off at. <laughs> Let's us know. It's amazing. <laughs> Let's everybody know how many I have in my mind. That's I have right. exactly 100 people <laughs> that I have the ability to remember. So, and it's just the last 100 people that I came into contact with. Yep. So, if you haven't seen me in maybe <laughs> two months, you're out of the lineup. You got to get back to the front of the line. Oh, man. That got me. Um, Yeah, that's called facial vocabulary. Researchers gave 25 people one hour to list as many faces from their personal lives as possible, and then an additional one hour to do the same with famous faces, like those of actors, politicians, and musicians. If the participant, this is very funny, couldn't remember a person's name, but could imagine their face, they could use a descriptive phrase like the high school janitor. Or the actress from Friends with the haircut. Time out. Do you remember what your high school janitor looked like? I do not remember what okay. my high school okay. janitor looked like, but I do remember what my elementary school... <laughs> that, <laughs> that was K through 8. So I saw Mr... It was and a nice you know man. His, to- name. his name was Tony oh something. Oh my uh, God. You know his R. first name. Yeah, he was a nice You know guy. his first name, which you... In in as a child has ne- have never said it was always Mister Blank. Yeah, Mister Roush, I think something like that. That's he was amazing. a nice guy. He, but you know they have to kids barf constantly, and back in the days, they t- they tossed a handful of sawdust on it and yep. swept it up. And so I saw that guy a lot. Kids yeah. were nervous and barfing. Yeah, no, I'm sure that was happening as well for me. Yeah. No memory of. I can't even remember. A majority of my teachers. In it, there's no way I'm remembering the janitor. Okay, go ahead. Okay, and then I'll just, this is, what's interesting is they combined two numbers and canceled out faces that appeared in both sets. Um, So basically, they, these researchers, 
said the average person knows about 5,000 faces. They reported in the Proceedings of the Royal Society B. Uh, all 25 participants in this study recognized between 1,000 and 10,000 faces. Wow. Okay. But it is crazy because even the dumbest people we know and meet can rattle off every reality star, just sight unseen, every musician. It's it's pretty wild how every podcaster people do people be recognizing. I don't think you. I don't think I could describe to you right now what Grimes looks like. And if yeah. I saw a picture of her, I don't think I would be able to be like, that's Grimes. I could be like, that's probably a famous person because they're like, they look famous. Yeah, that could um, be Grimes. That's what you should just always say. That could be Grimes. <laughs> it's not. Okay. I stand it's just corrected. person after person after person. <laughs> I don't know if Grimes. I can name a single reality star for you, Scotty. Okay. I've, we, we've said, I've said that enough. Listen, I have a bad memory. Um, so I think you probably have a higher than, so that's Mm -hmm. average. You have way higher than average capabilities. So what do you think your brain is at? Probably 20,000. Probably, probably. I mean, I, it's funny because like I, on the picket line, we had a couple of bananas come up to me and say, hi, one messaged you, John, who was a very nice guy. Saw him at Warner brothers. But a few days earlier, I met a banana named David who works for the animation guild and he introduced himself. He's a really nice guy. He's a huge fan of yours before the podcast. And when I'm talking to them and meeting them, um, just like everybody else, like it all slips away. And then hours later, all the information they tell me comes back. And so that's what's so weird is like when I was talking to David, I was like, I remember this guy's name. And he's very nice. And I know where we're standing. And I know what signs we were holding. And then later on, it becomes like, Oh, yeah, he's for the Animation Guild. He's working on a new animated show that got shut down by the strike. And so all the information sort of comes back like the tide coming in. I love it. I love it. Very odd. It is. It's not for a writer. I I like, I know it is really good for a writer. That's that's why I rely so much on Lauren. Lauren will remember funny things that have happened to me in the past. And I'll (laughs) be like, that's right. And then I'll have to write it down for me to be able to remember and write about it. That's great. And she's always like, you give me credit for that. I come up with half of your bits. (laughs) Good for her. All right, hit us with this bouncy boy. Yeah. So uh, this was sent in uh, by the wonderful Jeanette mm. Kessler. Oh, yes. Love Jeanette. And I got it from cam.m.bear, which I'm guessing is like cam and bear, like the cheese that only you I and like I like. It. Yeah, I like cam and bear. So this was uh, on onenews.co.nz. Sounds real. Uh, <laughs> Bouncy Castle King jailed for burning down rivals. Incredible. Now, we don't normally do any violent stories here. Um, This is this story has so many beautiful, crazy, weird twists and turns. It does. That it's just like, I got to read this entire article to you. I can't wait. Yeah. So this has absolutely no credit. Uh, as in the writing, there's no I've credit had whatsoever. Emily Woods for Australian Associated Press. So Emily, thanks for doing your part down there. We love our Aussie bananas. 
All right, here it is. After paying arsonists to set fire to competing bouncy castle <laughs> businesses. Oh, wait, it starts off. James Balcombe had a burning desire to be number one in Melbourne's mm-hmm. ju- jumping castle game, and his plan to bounce to the top had worked so far. Look at Smart. that. Smart. Good writing. After paying arsonists to set fire to competing bouncy castle businesses, his company Awesome Party. <laughs> Great name. Yeah, now ranked number one on Google. His business was so successful that he had been able to purchase property for the first time in his life. Good. But Balcom became worried mm-hmm. police would notice his own factory was still standing. His business would have to be next. What? This is amazing. That the I police know. are putting it together. There's one bouncing. No, they're not. Okay, he called his arsonist for hire, Craig Anderson. Classic and she- Craig Anderson. <laughs> Just the most forgettable <laughs> name. Genius name for an arsonist. Nobody remembers a Craig Anderson. And showed him through his kangaroo flat factory, pointing out his jumping castles and said he would fill up some empty jerry cans with petrol, whatever jerry cans. Sounds are. racist. Yep. And March on March 6, 2017, Anderson poured petrol across the floor of Balcombe's shed and set fire to it. As it became engulfed, Balcombe, his wife and son were in a nearby house. The shed was insured for hundreds of thousands of dollars, which Balcombe planned to pocket. Three mm. days later, Anderson was arrested. He mm. dobbed Balcombe into the police. Dobbed. I oh, love good. that. Yeah, that's good. Named him, naming him an instigator of the fires. So all the children that I, all the children I know, mm-hmm. they don't say uh, tattle anymore. They say dobbed because really? of yeah, because of Bluey. Uh-oh. There's a whole there's a there's a there's a whole episode about dobbing, and it's like don't dob. Um, That's true though. Don't dob. <laughs> Un- and then they're like, Good, don't dob unless it's about something important <laughs> <laughs> to a child. Everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Balcom had instructed Anderson, who has since been jailed for eight and a half years, and two other men to commit 11 arsons at arson attacks over two months. 11. That means there was 11 other bouncy castle businesses, oh which is God. crazy. I believe it. Uh, and other men to commit 11 arson attacks over two months between 2016 and 2017, quote, burn them to the ground, he told him, offering $2,000 per fire. Not enough. Okay. Not, Not enough. enough. Also, guys, spread it out. Two months, 11 yeah. arson attacks. That's Who bonkers. Who you think you are? I know. 11 arson attacks in two months. That means one happened on average uh, more more than once a week. Yeah, exactly. Often there was two a week. Two bouncy castles a week are being burned down in one city, in the same city. For if if it was me, if I'm burning down my rival <laughs> bouncy castle kings, eleven of them, fourteen years, fourteen <laughs> years, patiently chipping away at the comp. Because you do. The, you do 14 years, you don't have to burn your bouncy castle to warehouse there it down. Is. God, these people. <laughs> uh, many of the fires were unsuccessful, but mm. A&A jumping castles was totally destroyed. Bummer. Anderson threw a Molotov cocktail through a smashed window, <laughs> causing a huge blaze that engulfed the factory <laughs> and destroyed 110 bouncy castles. The inventor of the Molotov cocktail definitely was like, someday this mm. will be used to destroy a children's amusement. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, God, that's yeah. funny. 
The couple was forced to close their business and both now work at casual jobs in childcare. Interesting. Very detail. strange way to say that. Yeah. Casual jobs in childcare. That must uh, mean yeah. something different in New Zealand. Casual um, jobs in childcare. They just <laughs> lightly fold sweatpants for kids. Uh, I have a, well, I have a casual job in childcare. Oh, really? It's, oh, it's pretty cool? Yeah, it's very uh, casual. I'm not married to it. I could quit whatever I want. It's very casual. That is so fun. <laughs> Maybe it means part-time. Yeah, that's what I think. Uh, Balcom was charged with 11 conspiracy uh, with eleven conspiracy to commit arson offenses and was released wow. on bail mm. in 2017. Okay. He, here it is. He then failed to show up to court for a final directions hearing, which My is God. lawyer handing, w- 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 with his lawyer handing over a fake medical certificate. Yes. A warrant was issued for his arrest, and he was found living in Perth, Mm. running a fraudulent stamp operation (laughs) (laughs) under the name Paul Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? (laughs) To show up to court with fake medical certificate, crazy. That is already so crazy. Then to have a stamp, so now I don't know if in Australia their post office is like ours, like it is It is controlled by the federal government. I know that if you steal mail here, it's a big crime. So if to you, just create if you, fake yeah, stamps? If you create fake stamp, it's a federal offense. I think it's a felony. I think messing with the post office is a felony. Um, but maybe it's different in Australia. And what can possibly be the markup on selling fake stamps? What is, how much is he making? <laughs> how many stamps? Also, this dude goes for the low, like the things that make the least amount of money that have the most overhead. Bouncy castles? <laughs> the storage of bouncy castles? <laughs> Do you know how much a bouncy castle costs to rent? It's like $11 an hour. And that's including <laughs> someone to bring it to you, drop it off, set it up, and then come back break it down and take it away they are so affordable yeah that's stamp pricing and then he (laughs) goes god what is nobody else doing and why not i know selling 40 cent stamps (laughs) risking it all for the love of mail Old Paul Johnson of Perth. Oh, my God. Not James Balcombe of Melbourne. <laughs> Paul Johnson living in Perth, running fraudulent it. stamps. So and good. Now he's in jail for 11 years. That's a long time. That's a long time. I hmm. bet you a bunch of that is for stamp fraud. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> I bet it is. All right, Scotty, give me another one. Mm, I'll tease us into a break, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's all um, right. Here's a sweet one. Oh, you know what I was thinking? But I read this, and I, I must have told this at some point, but when I was a kid, like when I was like fifth grade or sixth grade, I went to a birthday party at McDonald's, um, a McDonald's in Maryland that was like a how to play place. Yeah, and, hell yeah. Uh, hell yeah. They were best great. birthdays. They were great birthdays because kids love McDonald's. And it was like you could rent the room for like half an hour or mm-hmm. an hour before like other kids could join. But I remember being like my friend group or my age group was aging into being too big. Like when we were yeah. crawling through the tubes, we were a little too big. Like the little kids were really more into it than we were. So when the mom called everybody to go eat, you know, McNuggets and honey and cheeseburgers and all the stuff. I was in the ball pit, and I kind of like shimmied down to the bottom of the ball pit, and I'll just like lying there, 
And I was just having a moment of like just being alone. Like I, like I like to be alone as an adult. I was having yeah. it as a kid. And clearly that meant the changing of who was allowed in the play place. Because my next memory is um, just getting two knees directly to my penis oh. Oh. at the bottom of the ball pit from a kid that didn't know I was in the bottom of it, from a kid that <laughs> wasn't with the birthday party who just walked into an empty play place at McDonald's on Liberty Road in Eldersburg and jumped in the air, knees first, and just came right down between my introspective testicles. And oh. I was like... <gasps> And then, like, you know, just injured for the rest of the party. People asking what I was doing at the bottom of the ball pit anyways. Oh, uh, man. You know, it was I, so funny. I remember the, like, when I first went to a kid party with a bounce house, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I this remember loving bounce houses. Mm. As a parent uh, of a young child, it mm. is, uh, they're awful. They just suck. They suck so much because... Like, if you have everybody who's the same age, then it's like, yeah. yay, everybody's having a great time, and it's never there. It's always somebody's fucking older brother or older sister yes. coming in. Yes. And I remember being at one, one party where this kid was... <laughs> And it was like uh, three year olds. A three. It was a three year old birthday party. Right. He was probably eight or something like that, jumping up into the air with both feet and then kicking them in the chest. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they would like fly. They would like fly like ten feet of away. They would. Yes. And he just kept doing over and over and over again. And you can't yell at somebody else's kid. Do you know what I mean? No. Even when they're being a piece of shit. So instead, I've never done this before and I have never done it again. But I just stared at him like, I'm going to murder you until he just stopped. Good. I just kept saying like, hey, let's keep it calm. I just kept saying nice general things. Let's not hurt anybody. Let's not fight. Hey, guys, let's not fight because you can't like yell at somebody else's kid. And then I just looked at him like, I'm going to find you and kill you later. <laughs> yeah. And he got the memo and he stopped, and he did. I hope. And then he got out. Yeah. That's the difference between the modern era and the old era when there was always... Like an uncle who would come in like jean shorts and like lay directly in the grass, drink, always had like a bush light in his hand. And yeah. that guy would be like, hey, and he would like point at you with a cigarette between two fingers, like which is the <laughs> best point of all points. The index finger, middle finger, cigarette pointing in an opposite direction. Yeah. So you're not sure if they're pointing at you or not. Yeah. And they would scare the life out of you and yeah. get you in line. Sometimes give you beer too young. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Carly Lee sent mm -hmm. this beauty in. Thank you, Carly Lee. Um, swimmers find pair of teeth on Englewood Beach and aim to locate the rightful owner. All right, this is now. This sounds like a mystery that I'm I'm chomping at the bit to solve. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, we'll be right back with some more bananas. And we are back. Scotty, you got any shout-outs? I got three great shout-outs. First and foremost, this one's a long time coming. I got to shout-out our boy, George. So I we have a P.O. box, 
uh-huh. um, for bananas. We got lots of mail now. We get tons of banana mail. And we incur- we love the USPS, so send us mail. It's great. Um, George sends us, I would say, two postcards a week from Europe. Wow. Boy, Everywhere. George. They are the most positive postcards. They always end with something like, stay awesome, or you guys are awesome. And then they tell us where he is, Barcelona, Greece, wherever he is. Anyways, just shout out to George. I should have given you a shout out a year ago or more, but he sends the best <laughs> mail. And now I'm looking forward to it. Love it so much. All right. Miranda Jean Ausler, or Ars, I think it is Ausler, is shouting herself out for becoming a private investigator in Ohio. Yes. That's pretty cool. That's probably our first person to go through private investigator school and let us know. She's proud of herself. We're very proud of Miranda. And Kurt and I might have a couple people for you to look into at some point. So glad to know you're (laughs) out there and on our side. And last but not least, I think it's David Ludgen. It could be Ludgen. Wants to shout out Will and Sarah Letterer, who introduced him to the Bananas podcast, which he loves very much. And Dave wanted to let us know about the Banana Lounge at MIT, which we kind of know about the Banana Lounge at MIT. But statistically... Mm-hmm. They go through 315,000 free bananas for students and faculty every year, and they toss out less than 1%. That's amazing. That's absolutely a lot of bananas. Amazing. It's brain food. See, I knew bananas I so. was brain food. Yeah. You've been telling me. I keep saying, shut up. I'm like, but Kurt, they're brain food. They are not. That's sushi. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I do love some sush. Mmm, God, are you, too, you kidding me? Let's get you some. You love sush. Let's eat too much sush. I would love to. Um, but yeah, send your, you know, send anything into the Bananas Podcast on Gmail, or send it into our DMs, which so 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 many of you do, and we'll shout you out. All right, uh, give me give me this story, Scott. Oh yeah, this is so fun. Um, swimmers find pair of teeth on Englewood Beach and aim to locate the rightful owner. This was written by Gage Goulding for NBC2. <laughs> oh, Gage Goulding. Good old Ooh. Gage Goulding. I love the alliteration, and I love the best in the business. Gage Goulding is great alliteration for best in the business. Mm. So good. GGBB. GGBB. <laughs> uh, Gage Golding for NBC2, Florida. Uh, Englewood, Florida. A group of friends swimming at Englewood Beach over the weekend didn't find a rare seashell or even a hidden treasure, but instead found a pair of teeth sitting in the sand. That's hidden treasure. That is. Come treasure. on. Come on. That is. It's a story that seems only fitting to have happened in the state of Florida. A random pair of teeth found among piles of seashells lying under an aqua blue, oh, under the aqua blue water. Didn't need that whole sentence, Gage. (laughs) We were already in. (laughs) They must have like a word count that they're like, what else can I say about what I just said? They 100% do. Okay. Best in the biz. Where else are you going to find a pair of teeth in the sand? In the ocean, said Jamie Murphy. No context to that person is. Also, don't come back. Oh, no, we do come back to one, Jamie. Sorry. Murphy was Englewood Beach at (laughs) Minnesota Key. Sounds cool. On Sunday with a group of friends, roughly 30 yards offshore, (laughs) which we call bull shark territory. Uh, One of the friends was diving below the water and looking around. They went to go in the water for a third or fourth time, she said. Never (laughs) once did they expect to come back with a crown 
jewel of the day. Oh, oh. tooth oh, joke. Boy. Teeth joke. Oh, that uh, she didn't say that. That's not a quote. That's from the article. That's from Gage Golder. Sweet. He sunk his teeth into that one. He came. He, they running. didn't expect. Look, they didn't expect teeth on the third and fourth time they went out. First and second time, it was all teeth looking. That's teeth. They were, that time. was what they were expecting. <laughs> they were then disappointed. They're like, "Well, we got to give up unfinded teeth." Third and fourth time, we're just we have no expectations. Yeah, it's just for them at that point. They're just getting exercise. They're getting their strokes in. This isn't teeth diving time. The details that are given in these stories are l- wonderful. They're the best. I feel like I've gotten so much smarter in the dumbest shit since we started this <laughs> podcast where i'm like boy i have everything in my head now he came running up and he was like look 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 what i have and i'm like oh my gosh what is that and he's like their teeth <laughs> dentures These people are being interviewed they're wasted they are wasted yeah, they are. look 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 their teeth oh my gosh and he's like what's the what is that he said their teeth and then this is the next sentence dentures said mike erickson <laughs> of port charlotte that's his was, whole quote yes dentures <laughs> Says Mike Erickson of Port Charlotte, uh, who is marveling at a photo of the teeth found on the beach. So not even at the teeth, just just some guy named this Mike Erickson. This is just Erickson. some other guy looking at a photo, and he just his whole mm-hmm. quote is dentures. Dentures said Mike uh, Erickson. He's from Port Charlotte, though. They're they're people of few words in Port Charlotte. I'm assuming Florida. <laughs> At some point, someone must have lost their dentures. Naturally, Jamie and her friends scoop them up. Quote, they're actually clean, Erickson added. I mean, insane. Murphy took them home with her. <laughs> Admittedly, the last couple of days have been fun uh, with having fun in games with these teeth. Uh, I mean, already strange. But what would really put a big smile on her face would be if she could find the mouth that these belong in. Yeah, come get them, she said. This is like a Dick and Jane book or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exclamation point. Come get them. I won't said. give you my address or how to come get them. Come get them. They're in my mouth. So, you know, if you find dentures in the ocean, <laughs> first of all, sure, they're probably very expensive, so get them. If they're clean, yeah, they were probably recently used. But what clue could you ever use? How could you ever figure out if you're not... Say up an animal turn Miranda turn private eye. Well, Kurt, there was a clue mm-hmm. on these teeth, on oh, these dentures. Okay. All right. Murphy posted photos of the teeth on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I mean, already the the only Facebook post in the history of the world <laughs> that's ever been useful. Hoping to find someone looking for their teeth. She has one huge clue. The owner's last name is written on the bottom of the dentures. <laughs> The name is Galicki. Oh, so yes. when you see this, when you post the Instagram next week or two weeks, they as clear as day, it, the word Galicki is written on the inside of these dentures. Now, one might wonder, why would someone care so much about another person's lost teeth? Mm-hmm. Well, there are two reasons behind Murphy's effort. One. I hope there's another well. <laughs> well, you might want. Well, here's why. And well, it starts with a one. <laughs> it's the right thing to do. Uh huh. Okay. Great. Gage Golding just just setting the moral compass of the country. Thank you a so much. A little more towards the north. 
Uh, and two, there has to be a good story in how they were lost, laughing, talking, and then bloop, Murphy said. Yeah, there's probably really not a good story. There's <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I was swimming and I lost my dentures. That's the story. Yes, best case scenario. <laughs> Parasailing. <laughs> Hiccuped. <laughs> swallowed them, had explosive diarrhea, and shat them out into the ocean. That's the best case scenario. Best story they could have come up with. Sadly, uh, not true. Sometimes the waves come up and then roll back away and they're gone. Erickson guessed. I mean, what? That is (laughs) the craziest guess so far. Yeah, just I was putting my dentures on the sand right in the surf zone. And then I, surprise, surprise, they're gone. (laughs) When your teeth have all fallen out, you kind of forget about the tides. <laughs> facts. We're talking facts here on the Gulf of Mexico. No matter how they ended up at the bottom of the Gulf of Mexico, she wants to make sure they get back to their rightful owner, whose first or last name is Galicki, uh-huh. unless that person just named their dentures a name and then pie <laughs> on all of our faces. So this is so funny. It, and We rarely do this, but at the end of this article, it has the contact information. If these are your chompers, call NBC2's Gage Goulding at 239-707-1665 or send him an email at gage.golding at nbc-2.com. So let's get those teeth back to Mr. and Mrs. Galicki. Gage, <laughs> Gage Golden looking for Galicki's dentures at, at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, this guy's going to dedicate his whole life to it. They're going to find wants, this. He wants to squeeze one more story out of this. He obviously needs to be pumping stories out if this is a story. Carly Lee, our animal who sent this in. If you're from Florida and NBC2 is your local news affiliate, give us the update. If we find Mr. and Mrs. Galicki... Maybe it's chimpanzee. We don't know who these dentures belong to. Let us know, because we want to do a follow-up. And if the Bananimals want to call Gage Golding at the number we listed on our podcast, be nice. We're very nice. nice. Be nice to him. Say great reporting. The Banana Boys love you. We love them. Thank you, Gage. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you so very much. All right. You want to hear another one? I love strange news. It makes me laugh. This is so wonderful. This mm. one is, again, again, a, a, a strangeness to this one that is, uh, it leaves you asking a lot of questions. This was That's sent in great. by Rita. Uh, and she's at Instagram, Rita may be a PETA. Great I love. We've used that before. That's a good name. We love yeah. a little Rita might be a PETA. This was uh, published in Metro. Mm, Here I've it heard is. Of that. Woman dressed cat up as a baby in attempt to smuggle drugs into resort. Great. Perfect headline for bananas, Rita with a pita or whatever. Yes, right? Because there's there's immediately so many questions. So many, many questions. First question, do you know how easy it is to sneak drugs into a resort? (laughs) Could not be easier. They take your car one way, you walk in the other way. Second, uh, if you're going to dress anything up as a baby... (laughs) There's things called dolls. Dolls. <laughs> and they exist. look so much like babies. <laughs> yeah, they do. And they don't claw you and hate you suddenly right. and want to get out of your arms. And they don't meow mm-hmm. uh, at inopportune times. This was written by Will Neal. Ooh. Uh, Will, 
Ooh. We will kneel to we, Will Neal because we, we think he's the best in the biz. We bow to the altar of bestness. Police detained a woman for dressing her cat up like a baby to stash, to stash drugs in its clothes. Great. It's, Smart. It's all right. Authorities in the city of <laughs> Nitsnya Tagil, central okay. Russia, that maybe uh, explains a lot. This explains a lot, yeah. Brought the woman in for questioning after she roused suspicions strolling through a holiday resort with her young daughter in a pram. Mm. Snug inside the buggy was actually a cat wrapped in a baby's jacket. <laughs> Retrieving the pet, officers found several small packages containing more than 170 grams of powdered methyl methylephedrine, a stimulant that can be used in the manufacture of other narcotics. Wow, okay. it's not even it's not even drugs. It's like the thing that you use to make drugs. Right. Uh, in, a, in a further bizarre turn, authorities found that the cat was wearing a full baby's wardrobe, including a hat. Baby grow? Sounds I don't cute. know what baby grow. It's a baby You're grow. You're a dad. You have two kids. You don't, don't know what baby grow is. <laughs> Including a hat, baby grow, tiny baby boots, and even a nappy. I'm going to look at the picture, and I'm going to try and figure out what a baby grow is. Somebody dobbed on this lady. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> and the, look, the cat's wearing a baby grow, and we're just we just need to accept that. Yes, we do. Tiny baby boots and even a nappy. Even a... A, a diaper. It was even wearing a diaper. Too much, uh, I would say. Too much. No one's once they. No one's getting down to the diaper part. Nope. No one is like, all right, all right. Does it look like a baby on the outside? But let's see. Does it have a? If this thing has a diaper on, it's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. That's my whole thing in life. <laughs> I look at babies. I go, nah, I don't know. I can't see its diaper. I don't know what that is. Not interested. <laughs> It's a cat. If it's yeah. not wearing a diaper, it's a cat. That's life. It's it's almost like this woman was taking a lot of methyl ephedrine. Makes you wonder. Yeah. Uh, in a further bizarre turn, okay, yeah. Local reports do not suggest that it was the first alerted police to... This is what... It, oh, local reports do not suggest what it was that first alerted police to the report. Probably meowing. Uh, photos so. show her after she was detained by officers sitting and wearing handcuffs in a police cell. Mm-hmm. Um, she is understood to still be in custody and waiting sentencing. It's not the first time cats have been used as a part of an apparent narco smuggling operation. Back in 2021, a feline felon was stopped outside the Nueva Esperanza jail in Panama. We did this story, yeah. uh, which houses more than 1,700 prisoners north of the capital. Yes, we did. Panama City around the cat's neck was a cloth containing wrapped packages of white powder and dried leaves. Mm-hmm. It was cocaine, baby. Of course it was. Everybody always using animals to get the drugs places. But to, yeah, there's so many steps. There's so many steps there. You have a if that woman was pushing a pram and you and it's a real wrapped up and then there's a doll's face, but it's kind of hidden inside sure. of a of a hat and all that stuff. No one's t- no one a- no one asks questions. I was watching a documentary about women who get those ultra realistic babies and raise them like babies and keep in touch with each other. They're I, I don't know what those dolls are called, but there's like a whole society of people. There's a subculture of people who get those hyper realistic babies yeah. and then just raise them and take photos with them and and send each other and there's chat groups and I was like right. you think I care? That's awesome. If you're happy I doing love that, it. that's now, great. Now, if you try to tell me that's a cat, 
I'm going to say this is a crazy person. But also, if you I, just want to raise a fake baby, have at it. That's so fun. I love that you keep saying raise, like yeah. they're growing older. <laughs> they stay, you know, best part is I keep getting older. These babies stay the same age. Hey, yeah. There's a lot of producers in Hollywood that think like that. Man. Uh, give me another one. We're going to bang through a couple more I before the end. I love do a lot of stories. I Here's do, too. What, I just love it. This was from Emily Gully, and I know you're probably saying it's Gabagool or something. It's not. It's Emily Gully. I think Emily is an Australian banana So All right. Good day, if good they day. really do say that. We're they told do in America that good day is what you say down there. Not really. But that, how many times a day do you say hello? Like people, you teach people to say hello, but usually like hi or hey or. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, hello. Um, I'd say hello. Hello is what, if, if it's more formal. If I'm seeing somebody who I haven't seen in a while and they're at like a grocery store and they don't see me, I'll go, oh, hello. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Hello from Australia, banana boys. Oh. Um, hello to you, Emily. Here's the story. Oscar, Australian guy, dodges cell phone driving fine by proving he was eating cheese dip instead. Okay. Cheese dip. Yeah, like, they, I, I looked into it. So. Okay, okay. So this was in The Edge, written by Sophie Van... Here's how it's spelled. You can help me, Kurt. S-O-E-S-T. S-O-E-S-T. Swiss. The hardest wordle of all time. Swist? Swist? Soist? Soist? Soist is very funny. Like, yeah. I'm the Soist. So, so, I'm the Soist. <laughs> Sophie Van Soist, we'll go with, who's very um, charming in her writing and who loves to text and drive. Yeah. <laughs> A Sydney man who is fined for using his phone while driving has beaten the charge after proving he was actually holding a snack packet of crackers and cheese dip. Yeah. I love this. Put the whole system on trial. <laughs> the 35-year-old lad was snapped by a high-tech phone detection camera. Horrifying. If they had that in L.A. on any street, you're, you're the best I know, Kurt, at not texting and driving. Out of all of my friends, you are very good. I just use, I just use Siri mostly. And you call me. Yeah, 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 and I call. If you, if I, I also get a like cold to call talk. from you... I know you're in a car calling yeah. me about scheduling. So I'm yeah. like, but I don't panic. Other times people call me. I'm like, well, they're all dead. <laughs> the whole boat sunk. And I'm like, this is so scary. And then I block the number. Uh, the 35-year-old lad was snapped by a high-tech phone detection camera while driving along the streets in Sydney last June. Or June last year, excuse me. Just over a month later, he received a hefty fine of $352 in the mail with a letter adding he had received the fine demerit. Uh, oh, excuse me. He had received five demerit points for driving while holding a phone. So mm -hmm. he got caught texting and driving. It's a lot. Now, this is the part of the story that starts to get Gouda. That's in the article? Yes. I would not okay. do that to you Thank or you very the much. Bananimals. That, it we doesn't even it doesn't even make sense. You know, like it would be better you so it'd be like better 
This is when the story gets better. This is when, but like, yeah. this is when the story gets good. More good. Stories got more holes and twists. Like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. she's the sewist for the reason. Mediumist in the biz. Actually, <laughs> she's very funny. I, I do this, the website, The Edge. You're reading The Edge every day. Are you joking me? That's what <laughs> you know. You know, do you uh, know that the U2's The Edge is named after this magazine? I didn't know that, but that makes he's, a lot of sense. He's an Irish <laughs> musician who was so into this Australian publication. He was like, that's going to be my name. Yeah. That's how much I like. That's like having somebody in, in Nirvana mm. who was named USA Today. Imagine that. Better band. Yeah. Kurt Better. Cobain, Dave Grohl, and <laughs> USA Great on bass. Just great bass player. <laughs> really holds that rhythm section down with Newsweek. Um, now is the part of the story that gets Gouda. Get it? LOL. Again, that's in the article, not me. I am a grown man. Uh, his defense lawyer, Benjamin Go! G-O-H. <laughs> go. That's like, that's go. That's go. His defense lawyer, Benjamin Go! Uh, took snaction. Oh, almost read that wrong. Took snaction into his own hands... Uh, wow. Downing Center local court on Monday. Media missing the biz. You're so taking like five. Biz. That's like five in a row. Oh, yeah. I had to do this story. On Monday, arguing his client was simply trying to have afternoon tea. So that's his defense lawyer. Okay. Go said, you can only be found guilty of driving while holding a mobile phone if it's proven beyond a reasonable doubt that you were actually holding a phone. He added, my client had proper control of the vehicle because the photo showed his left hand was in contact with the steering wheel. And there is a photo. We do see the photo in the article. And he is holding the wheel. A contact with the steering wheel while he was attempting to open the packet. So picture, remember Handy Snacks? Yeah, the ones where you could like dip it and spread it. Yeah. So it's that. It's cheese. It's like liquid gooey cheese on one side and then round crackers on the other side. So it's like a... Five cracker cheese dip it's, or it's, crisp but that's, or something. But that is such a crazy thing for them to say that he was doing. Because that is a thing that def- definitely requires both hands. To yeah. open it, to spread the cheese, there's no one... You have to hold it, and then you have to take a cracker. Even if you jam the cracker directly into the cheese, you need to be holding it, right? I agree. All right. You should Thank be a prosecutor. You. I love that argument. Thank you. I'm in there getting this guy to pay $350, even if he was paying for the... He, he was having afternoon tea. I Every close call I've ever had in my life driving a car was eating-related, I would say. I yes. mean, I think everything else... Yeah, I mean, I haven't really... I've been hit a lot of times, but I've never caused an accident, except the time I hit the, the garbage guy, but that was his fault. Um, <laughs> but it was, uh, and I won. So uh, the Sydney driver... Oh, yeah, so to prove his innocence even more, the man then demonstrated opening a packet of the cheesy snack using the very technique he is said to use that day that he was caught. So he did this in court. He opens a list With one snack. hand? Yes. Um, uh, the driver took witness. Oh, he took his own witness box to clear his own name. Argued he was just trying to open a pack of dippets. Just dippets, dippets, Kurt. <laughs> That's the Aldi supermarket version of a la snack. Okay, great. And Emily also explained it, which is very funny. That it's just like a goopy cheese crap snack. Um, okay. but also probably delicious when you're driving and you're hungry. Um, the court 
was told that he had bought three dippets while at work. <laughs> on the day he was snapped by the camera. So he also has the receipt saying that he bought dippets on the day. He bought three packs. This dude really this likes This dude loves dippets. dippets. This dude it's, is a kindergartner. Yes. After <laughs> Yes, this this is a 35-year-old kindergartner. Great movie. Adam Sandler, are you listening? There we go. There we go. Um, now, that is the real crime. After a perfect display of peeling the lid back while able to ma- uh, maintain control of a steering wheel in court, Magistrate Miranda Moody, I mean, so good. Yeah. Miranda Moody mm-hmm. is your judge? Mm. Judge Moody. Judge Moody. <laughs> Adam Sandler, hope you're listening. <laughs> Get it's Judge Judy versus Judge Moody. He would do it in <laughs> Who two wins? seconds. He would do it. That's the caliber of Zohan. Um, Moody found the man to be credible and a believable witness and revoked his fine and the five demerit point punishment. So he won. This guy Good. won. Good but also, him. he wasn't texting and driving, so you can't penalize him. Mm-hmm. But the photo, when you see it, it does look like he's holding a phone. It's yeah. pretty flagrant. It's um. This reminds me of that story we we did where the guy was uh, eating a McDonald's hash brown. Yes, and he got a it for talking on the phone. But it looks exactly like he's got a phone. It's, he's talking into a phone. It's a hash brown. Does I tweeted once years ago about like wanting a crock pot for road trips in my car. Yes, like yes, I remember nice that. I remember that. And you, so you tweeted it. You tweeted it right after we did a show that night before. I think. Yeah. It's yeah. probably when we were just driving through Iowa drinking uh, pumpkin spice lattes. And yeah. So anyways, uh, but a bunch of people tweeted at me like, that exists. And it does. There are car plug-in adapter crockpots for your car. Insane. They also make portable stoves for your car wow. that can heat up to 300 degrees. And you and I, over the weekend, were talking Elio's Pizzas. Yes. So I just Googled it. They make toaster ovens for your car. Where? Next time you and I road trip, I'm thinking we're making Elio's (laughs) on the fly. One of us drives. Are you joking me? One makes blah, blah, blah. We eat Elio's the whole time. I'm assuming all of that stuff is for truck drivers. Yes, of that course. That must be, right? And have really? a nice crock pot and while you're driving a truck, I love it. Mm. You know? Because mm. <laughs> get a big... Then you just... No, you know what you do? You got mm. crock pot or whatever you got going, and yeah. you just take your mug and you just shove it in the crock pot <laughs> and you drink it. You never stop going. You drink it and then you crush up an Adderall on the dashboard. You snort yes. it and you don't stop. You do not stop and you don't have to. And put on a diaper and you'll be a baby and curt my eyes and not a giant cat eating chili and doing speed. And that's us. I think Man. the title for this episode should be um, It's Not a Baby Unless I See a Diaper. <laughs> that's fine. It's a great title for... We always have great titles. Speaking of, yeah, you have a new podcast. Yes, I do. baby stuff. That is right. It's on. It's a new Wondery podcast called uh, I Love My Kid, but... but and uh, it's me and Megan Gailey and Chris Megan. Garcia. Love Chris. Uh, they're, all, they're so wonderful and fun. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of an irreverent parenting show. So it's more... It's no experts. It's no one giving you advice. It's just us commiserating about uh, the funniness and weirdness of being a parent. Is it out yet? 
It will come out. It's going to be on Amazon and the Wondery Plus app uh, May 29th and then uh, everywhere June 5th. So, Bananimals. You love Curdy B. Megan Gailey has been a guest on Bananas. Yeah. She's one of the greatest podcast guests you can ever have because she's so smart and so funny and knows things about things that you don't know she knows about. And then Chris Garcia is the loveliest, funniest guy. Love that Chris Garcia. He had an incredible uh, podcast that you the guys best. should listen to uh, where he was trying to get back to Cuba to uh, spread his father's ashes in Cuba. Yes, his and, father um, had Alzheimer's, and it is in Karen Kilgariff's in the wrap-up episode of it, and I made the, what is the funniest mistake, and I texted Chris when this happened, I was leaving Hicksville in Joshua mm-hmm. Tree, which is like a trailer park <laughs> yeah. where everybody drinks and does drugs. After like a three-day party for my buddy, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to listen to a podcast on the drive back from Joshua Tree to L.A. alone and put on Chris's podcast about his father dying and then try to get the ashes back. Burst into tears, hung over, just crying and driving back to L.A., <laughs> just like the saddest sack of shit on four wheels. You know what I wish I had? A hot Elio's pizza in a toaster oven. God damn that's <laughs> With some Adderall on the steering wheel. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Curdy B. And everybody that watches The Machine this weekend or next weekend, thanks so much. I hope you get some laughs, and I bet you hear a little bit of my voice in there. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.